We're dealing with emotions. I'm waiting for the day is a beautiful way of saying that you find something special in someone and they may not be ready at that moment in time to engage, but you find that they're, you know, worth waiting for. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Ceylon Podcast. This is Wyatt in Nashville, Tennessee, joining me all the way from the dark web. That's Jason Brewer. Hello, friends. What a great day this is. Do you know what today is, Jason? Uh, Obviously not. It's our two-year anniversary. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. We started in November. For some reason, I thought we decided in December because I remember the first Christmas thing we did. So yeah, well. no, it was coming up. But yeah, um, about 42 episodes or something like that, including those bonus ones. And then um, we've made it all the way through about five years of the Beach Boys career. <laughs> so um, moving a little bit um, faster than, than they did. And, and I think things will speed up here in a little bit. But um, oh, good. it's pretty cool. It's pretty exciting. Um so um, thanks everybody for for helping us make two years with this dumb little show. It's really fun. But um, anyway, um, what else is new? I just celebrated a birthday and I bought some new records. I bought uh, you get? a couple Beach Boys 45s that we were just talking about. I got Sloop John B um, with You're So Good to Me. And I also got um, The Little Girl I Once Knew with There's No Other Like My Baby too that I just didn't have. So I was really pumped about that. That incredible yeah i was pumped they're really good uh condition i went shopping with uh my buddy from england freddie french pounce he was visiting with his lovely wife and uh he's a big record nerd so he enabled me to go uh <laughs> pick up some records but um yeah go to phono lux yeah we went to phono lux and we went to um great escape last time i went in great escape i think i walked out of there with about 45 dollars worth of two dollar lps <laughs> They have a ton of stuff there, and it's always coming and going, of course. And then um, Phonolux is another great Nashville record store that's been around for a long time, and they're only open on the weekends now. And they have a lot of bootlegs and kind of unauthorized releases, as some might say. A lot of weird Beach Boys stuff in there, but just was thinking about that because it was interesting that we just talked about both those singles recently, and I was like, oh, that's cool that these are both here, and I'm going to buy them right now. Uh, they had, I almost bought it for you, but I didn't think you would actually enjoy it, but it was kind of a gag. They had an Elvis impersonator LP, like this Elvis impersonator put out his own record in like the I late 70s. I would, have dug, I would have dug that. What was his <laughs> name? Was, Do you remember I can't remember, name? but it was like a Nashville guy. It was like a local guy from like 1979 or something. You need to get the, the records by Orion. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Orion was a guy who people thought thought he was Elvis and he wore a mask but he looked just like him except for he had a mask over his like over his eyes I see right after Elvis died they marketed this guy as no he's not dead this is him that's funny and the records all sound like fake Elvis 
Well, that's a good, that's my little segue to let you um, talk about your new podcast that we talked about last time, but you've actually got some episodes out. So yeah, we have two, me and my friend Shane, another fellow Nashville musician, and I do a podcast called A Little More Conversation, the Elvis podcast. And, you know, we're pretty stoked about it. It's pretty similar to what we do here on the Sail On show, except for it's a little more about just about specific albums and I'm not going to walk through that guy's whole career because that's insane. Uh, it's just too much. Um, but it's really great. And if you really want to get into learning about Elvis's music, because it's not about his hair or his movies, it's just about the music. Yeah, that's it. So check us out. What if, but what if, what if all I care about is his hair? Is that something I should stay away from then? So what's it like to run your hands through Elvis's hair? It's very exciting, Jeannie. Really exciting. Oh, there was a little bit of Beach Boys news that just came through. I just read an article that about Kesha and her new album. Apparently, Brian Wilson is a guest on Kesha's new album on a song called Resentment, and it features Brian Wilson and Sturgill Simpson. So, Perfect pairing. Very strange. But Nashville's own Kesha. Um, we'll see how that ends up. She's an interesting artist. I mean, never been my favorite thing, but I think that she's not stuck within the confines of most major label acts, so that's cool. More importantly, um, Mike Love is going to be inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame next June in New York City. Well-deserved. Um, that's really awesome. I'm sure that he's really pumped about that because he never felt like he got the credit he deserved. So this is really rad for him because um, he he did write some of the best, certainly some of the best Beach Boys songs. I mean, some of their biggest hits for sure. Like Good Vibrations and I Get Around and Kokomo. So congrats to Mike. I know you're listening right now, Mike. So uh, congrats, buddy. <laughs> um, I'll try and make it to the uh, induction ceremony. June 11th, 2020. We'll see you guys there. All right. Um, I also wanted to mention that the uh, that documentary um, Echo in the Canyon is on Netflix. If you guys haven't seen it, it has some relevant subject matter to your interests. So check that out. Um, I liked a lot of it, and I disliked a lot of it. But uh, I'm I interested to see it. what you guys think. Check it out. Um, yeah. Who determines, Brian, what will be done next? Well, I guess I do. I don't know. Enough about all that. Let's get into a voicemail from our good buddy, Sean Fletcher. Hey, what's up, Jason and Wyatt? It's Sean Fletcher. I'm just sitting here on Long Sands Beach in York, Maine, gearing up to listen to this. I just wasn't made for these times podcast. It recently hit the waves this morning. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to share a little story with you. I was at a local music store called Bull Moose Music. Um, and there was a lady. I don't know how old she was. She was probably somewhere between 55 and 65. And the only thing she had in her hands was a copy of Pet Sounds on vinyl. And I didn't know her, but I felt compelled, like I do when I see anybody looking at that to go talk to her so I went over to her and I said you know listen I just I gotta let you know 
that once you listen to that album, it's all downhill from there. And she goes, that's what I've heard. Somehow I missed this one. And I was like, oh, well, you're in for a treat. So that's it, man. Just a brief little story. Uh, Pet Sounds is alive and well. And people of all ages are still out there buying it. It's crazy. All right. Love you guys. Great show. Yeah. I always love hearing from our friend Sean, even the little fun story about that. You know, how cool is that? That He could just go up to a stranger and Pet Sounds just brought him together. And Sean, I know you say it's all downhill from there. I know what you're trying to say there. I don't agree. But regardless, um, that's such a cool story, Sean. And I hope to get to see you again sometime soon. Talk some wrestling. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Sean. That's awesome. Um, I I think it's funny that you're at, you were at Bull Moose. That's an awesome kind of local place up in Maine. Um, there's a few locations, and uh, York, Maine, is also the home of our good friend Zach Jones. So I wanted to say um, quick shout out to Zach. I'm trying to get him to come on the show at some point. We've talked. He's about got it, some so. new music out, doesn't he? He does. He's got a new single out, and. Um, I'm going to see if he'll come on the show and talk Beach Boys because he is an amazing um, songwriter and singer. He's living out in L.A. now, but he's from Maine, and uh, we have a lot of ties to the same kind of local Maine music scene up there in Portland, and uh, he's a good buddy. So um, hopefully get him on the show soon. Maybe you know Sean Fletcher, Zach, and maybe maybe Sean knows Zach. Who knows? Well, uh, We'll find out. We'll figure this all out. We'll sort it out. Okay. But um, it's 615-606-3887. So, yeah, send us a voicemail, y'all. Oh, yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> I just did a, a new bonus episode over on our Patreon page that I wanted to um, send to Jason. Because you don't know about this, but I just did a Beach Boys Go Country um, Patreon episode, <laughs> and it was really hard to put together. So oh, I want to hear that. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you, obviously. But it was really hard to put together because it was like uh, they only they don't really do any country songs. They have like a few that have like you know steel guitar and kind of that uh, honky tonk rhythm. But it was kind of hard to do. But then when you really get deep and, and nitty gritty with it, you can kind of you know stream together enough songs to. Uh, make a nice little radio show so um i'm pretty into it it was pretty fun um and uh if you guys are interested in hearing that as well as a lot of other fun stuff interviews and all that check out the patreon page it's patreon.com slash on and i want to say a shout out to a few of those homies over there for supporting the show and keeping us advertisement free which is great um john dossert mikey mcpherson sam jason holstrom Darwin Bushman, Joseph Swafford, and Brady McDaniel. We love you! Also, uh, I play in a Beach Boys tribute called Sail On, and we have one more show this year. It's coming up in a couple weeks. Wait, it's coming up next weekend. Wow. So it's uh, November 23rd out on the coast, the outer banks of North Carolina, Kill Devil Hills. So if you're in that area, um, come on out. 
say what's up. Um, you can buy me a drink and I will reciprocate. So yeah, we're going to take a little hibernation until next year and then we'll be back out at it. But um, shout out to Don and Rich who came to see us last week in Pennsylvania who are listeners of the show. So thank you guys very much. It was fun seeing you. That's that's two people, not Don Rich, you know, the guitar player. No, Don and Rich. Okay. Not Buckley, oh, man, you know what? Player. God, I, I forgot to talk about this, but I just went to also when uh, Freddie was in town, I went to the, um, the Musicians Hall of Fame Museum. Have you been there? I think I, I sent you some not, pictures. I've not. Yeah, you did, and it, it yeah. always is incredible. And every time I think about, man, I need to go check that out because I know they have Hal Blaine stuff, and probably Glenn Campbell and all kinds of other cool stuff that yes. I don't know about. Yeah, so, it's great. I didn't even know it existed until recently. And my buddy Jonathan Pushkar, who's a friend of the show, um, he is a member, so yeah. he's been bragging about it. I've known about it since before. Or I moved to Nashville and it was always on my list of, Hey, I need to go do that. But I just, yeah. I mean, I've been to the country music hall of fame. It's been a while. I've seen the, they back, you sent me some good photos where they had that. They didn't have all that stuff. They had the Graham Parsons suit, but nothing else cool like that. So, Oh yeah. The country cooler. music hall of fame. Yeah. But I, I, I never knew there was a separate musicians hall of fame until recently. And I went, um, a couple weeks ago and it was super rad they had like a bunch of motown stuff and stacks records and like a suit that hal blaine used to wear um and then Crazy. hal blaine's drum kit um and i think there's like a, a couple of keyboards from the wrecking crew guys in there it i'm not really sure what the stuff was used on like what recordings and stuff maybe some people would know that but i'm gonna try and do like a little video tour through there at some point and, and throw it up on our YouTube page. Cause it's so rad. And a lot of people won't get to see it cause they're not anywhere close to Nashville and it's some really cool stuff, but um, really great wrecking crew stuff in there. So if you are in Nashville, definitely check out the musicians hall of fame. It's it is not to be confused with the country music hall of fame. They're both awesome. Yeah. They're both cool. And I'm glad I went to do it. Also, I wanted to do just like we did in our first um, episode or second episode, whatever it was, um, I recently came into a bunch of Beach Boys tour shirts, um, funny enough, and I wanted to do a little giveaway. I think I have about 10 shirts from the last few tours. And um, since it is our two-year anniversary, I figure a real easy thing to do would be to just send these out to people. And if you want to go leave us a review on iTunes, preferably a good review, and um, just write me and send me yes. <laughs> send me like a screenshot or or whatever. Just tell me that you did it, and then just send me your address. First ten people will get a a Beach Boys tour shirt, a brand new Beach Boys tour shirt. Um, oh yeah, and you can email me at sailonpodcast at gmail .com. That's it. It's that easy. Ready, set, go. Okay, let me drink some water. One sec. So yeah, thank you guys for your support and helping us get to um, closing in on 90,000 listeners, which is ridiculous. Really appreciate everyone for listening and getting us this two-year mark. It's really been fun. We've, we've kind of done two seasons of the show at this point, and we're closing the doors soon on the second season as we finish up uh, Pet Sounds. And so yeah, today we're going to talk about the last two songs from the Pet Sounds sessions. Starting off with a track called I'm Waiting for the Day. 
So it's March 6th, 1966. Western Recorders, as usual, at 2 o'clock p.m. And uh, this time engineered by H. Bowen David. Interesting. So this one was written with Mike Love, not Tony Asher. It was a song that was written actually back in 1964, kind of working up to the Today album. So I think, you know, it could have maybe made its place on that record in the place of maybe, oh, let's say bull session with the big daddy <laughs> yeah um but here we are but i'm glad it ended up here this track starts off with gary coleman on timpani or the kettles as brian calls them in tandem with jim gordon on the drum kit excuse me it's this is called i'm waiting and the first verse is just simply larry nectal on the hammond accompanied by Ray Pullman on bass, and then Leonard Hartman on the English horn, which I always thought was an oboe, but I guess it's basically a large oboe. Yeah. This is where Al DeLore made kind of an infamous signature mistake that went on to become a really cool lick. Yeah, that was out of sight. I mean, it really was. How did you play that? <laughs> How did you play it? Well, that was really a great mistake. I mean it. No kidding. I thought it felt wrong. And they kind of made a little scene out of this in the Love and Mercy movie, which was really sweet. And uh, shout out to Gary Griffin playing Al DeLore on that. Yo, Gary. Anyway, there's some great counter melodies in Carol Kay's guitar part that are sometimes overlooked because I think if you are listening to the main um, final track, then you're kind of hearing mostly just the vocals. But there's some cool stuff in the track that Carol Kay plays that are really, really fun lines. Flutes played by Jay Migliori, Bill Green, and Jim Horn. There's a strange bass note that always eluded me when I was first putting together charts for this, back when we were going to cover this song, and I thought it was a mistake, but it was like a G underneath what sounds like an A or an F sharp minor chord, you know, and it was like completely bizarre. It's just that strange kind of dissonant walking bass line somehow it works but it, it is such a strange place to go in such a poppy kind of simple um, almost paint by numbers section but you know that's what Brian was doing on Pet Sounds he was kind of taking the script and flipping it and then making you think twice because he was putting the bass in strange places and it was always really fun and interesting The strings were later added that same day, um, played by Lyle Ritz, Sid Sharp, William Currish, Leonard Malarski, Ralph Schaefer, Harry Hyams, and Justin DiTulio. The string break is built kind of like um, jazz voicings, and it takes 
the song into a strange place it comes back around with the timpani and kind of goes back into the outro part um which is just kind of you know a repetitive e major scale uh ray you're gonna go an e hit an e note with that drum thing and the complexity of their arrangements meant that the song wouldn't have worked if it was all done at the same time it, it had to be separate so that kind of you know obviously would would become a a big focal point of brian's production technique moving forward yeah, I mean, you can hear the the real difference, all the multiple layers. Yeah, that string section is so cool, the little breakdown, because it's so different than the rest of the song. And it's interesting to think about. He probably wrote that separately um, more recently up to the recording and then kind of spliced these two ideas together. And it kind of yeah. fits in really well on the record because it has that kind of sad interlude. Um Carl was really complimentary of this track. Um, he said that it was one of the most dynamic songs on the album, and he really loved it. So I thought that was cool. Um, and it does have that awesome kind of breakdown, and then it jumps back in with those big staccato notes and the timpani, and then that kind of um, all-out coda section. So it was really cool. They came back to Columbia Studios on March 10th, to do a bunch of songs, but um, specifically they did this track, and um, Mike actually gave it a shot at one point. I came along when it broke your heart, that's when you needed someone to help forget about him. I gave you love with a brand new star, that's what you needed the most. To set your broken heart free I know you cried And you felt blue But when I could I gave strength It just wasn't working. Like, Mike just wasn't comfortable with the song. I don't think he um, really had enough time to rehearse it, but I think Brian was just meant to sing this track. He just um, kills it. Oh, yeah. I kissed your lips Yeah, I mean, Brian and Mike do the bass vocals on this. So cool. And then it's uh, Brian and Carl doing the ah uh, harmonies over the verses. And then um, the little uh, call and response part at the end. I didn't, I couldn't really tell who was singing that. It sounded like it could have been Dennis, but he's. it's not credited on this track. I think it was either Mike or Carl. You didn't think no, that I could sit around and let him work. You didn't think no. That I could sit back and watch him take you. You didn't think that I could sit around. I just, I, it sounds like it was like in a different room or something. Either Brian or Carl. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, but it's a, it's a cool little part. It only happens like a couple times and it just stops, you know? It's just like it's kind of an ad lib. It's like, reminds me of like 
when 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 rappers do ad lib tracks, you know. Yeah, yeah. This whole track, pretty experimental all the way around. Obviously, it was a blend of all their little influences that Brian put in there. I have a feeling Mike Love probably had some input on some of the bass stuff for sure. Yeah, um, you know, like we said, he wrote the he co-wrote the lyrics for this one. I think you can definitely tell that that outro part, um, where um, he starts saying, "You know, you didn't think that I could sit around and let him work." That sounds like a Mike line. You know, if I've ever heard one. You know, oh, yeah. the song is kind of melancholy and kind of um, it's 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 kind of sweet and fragile and then macho all of a sudden. So I felt like a Mike Love um, edition. I could be wrong, but Brian was dissatisfied with his vocal performance. He went on record saying, vocally, I thought I sounded a little bit weird in my head. That's the one cut off the album I didn't really like that much. But, you know, it's OK. Uh-uh. It's not a case of liking or not liking it. It was an appropriate song, a very, very positive song. I just didn't like my voice on that particular song. He always says that about the weirdest things. He didn't like his vo- his vocal on, um, what was it, uh, Let Him Run Wild. He's very much his own worst critic. Um, I do think the song fits really nicely. Bruce Johnson really liked this song. He said, great Brian, beautiful, dumb background parks. It's like having all the scruffy characters that are in Oliver show up at the Royal Albert Hall. They don't belong, but it fits. What a strange assessment. I know. Um, it feels equally sad and happy, you know, like both unsure and confident, like like a lot of these tracks do. That's why I think it fits in so well. It's that um, duality and that ability to convey those emotions so easily in music that that make it work on this record. And as always, like the result is just really beautiful. When you needed someone to help forget about him I gave you love with a brand new start That's what you needed the most To set your broken heart free I know you cried and you felt blue But when I could I gave strength to you I'm waiting for the day when you can love again I kissed your lips when your face looked sad It made me think about him And that you still loved him so Baby, don't you know But pretty soon And I made you feel glad
always really dug like that it's kind of got a passionate vocal i could see what brian was saying you know but he gets really into it on some of it like way maybe a little more intense than normal i like all the kind of weird kind of psychedelic doo-wop that's going on and then of course the instruments the bass line you were talking about i don't know it's kind of a jumbled song and it's kind of not nearly as Maybe cohesive as other stuff on the record, so I get that. But it's kind of what Bruce was kind of trying to say. It was a little beautiful mess. I think it fits really nicely. I, I I wouldn't have known that it was written at a different time or for a different record. No, it sounds like the record. Um, but yeah, I, I give it an 8 out of 10, which is a really good score. And my least favorite song on Pet Sounds It's still one of my favorite songs to listen to of any type. Um, I think it's right up there with some of the Beach Boys' best songs. But on an album like this, I mean, there has to be, there has to be the worst song, you know. And this is probably my least favorite. But you know, saying that is not a negative thing. Well, I will go eight out of ten as well. Not quite a nine because, like, I don't think it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, personally, it doesn't. There's not really. I mean, the string break kind of acts as the bridge of the song or the middle eight, I guess, but. The song just doesn't go as many places as a lot of these other songs do. Um, and until the string break, it feels pretty predictable, um, which is fine. But that's the only reason it doesn't stand up to God only knows and wouldn't it be nice and, you know, those songs. But um, really do love this song. It's great. Let's keep rolling. All right. And our last track to discuss on Pet Sounds is a song called Here Today written by Brian Wilson and Tony Asher. This was um, either recorded on March 10th as well, or 11th, because the tape box and contract show two different dates. Um, but this was um, recorded at Sunset Sound Recorders and engineered by Bruce Botnick. Who can be heard saying? I don't have a title, take one. So this one was, I think, probably one of the last songs that they wrote for Pet Sounds, and... Um, so new that I don't think <laughs> I don't think Tony had finished the lyrics yet. <clears throat> but um, the track begins with Larry Nectel on organ and Don Randy on the tack piano, and then a fantastic percussive bass line by Ray Pullman again, just killing it. They're joined by Nick Martinez on the drum kit. Uh, I saw it listed as Terry Melcher on Tambourine somewhere, but um, 
I think it is actually Frank Cap uh, playing the tambourine. And the two bass trombones played by Gail Martin and Ernie Tack. Brian said in 1990, Here Today was a work of art, in my opinion. It was a assertive track with a utilization of basses played up higher. The trombones gave it that masculine touch. We're having a little, the, the, the drum thing seems to be a little inconsistent in those. Just second, I gotta come up. I think it's funny how Brian loves talking about being masculine. He's got this obsession with like masculinity. I think probably because Murray instilled that in him. That comes from Murray for sure. Uh, So then the saxophones jump in with Jay Migliori and Jack Nimitz. And the bass continues to lead, doubled by Lyle Ritz on the upright as they build up into the huge chorus section. Brian works on the electric 12-string guitar rhythm with Al Casey here, trying to get it just right, and then rounding out the group is Mike DC on acoustic 12-string. Just hear Al for a minute, Al Casey. He plays like his bong, Like, like, down, da, 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 down, down. Fine, okay, let's go. Can you turn L down a little? No, that's fine, we got you. Are we steady? Set, wet, wet. Go, take five. Set, wet, wet. Uh, I really love the reverb on the track. That's one of those great things about sunset sound. That is just a great, great reverb sound. Um, and the, the instrumental break is led by the picked bass line from Ray. It's really frantic. It sounds almost like a soundtrack for like a late 60s movie. Forget that on the guitar. Just play everybody together. All right, one more. Take three, please. Tack piano is really, really kind of driving the turnarounds, a little bit vaudeville, kind of campy carnival vibe to it. Uh, but a lot of different influences coming into this track, including big band and, you know, in that little build-up section, it's it's very Bach. And then even some R&B influences, for sure. 
Pillow, this is the track that most influenced the sound of Sgt. Pepper, if you want my opinion. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Um, it also, um, interestingly enough, it also was being recorded around the same time as Brian started working on another track that is very similar to this, a track called Good Vibrations. Maybe you've heard of it, um, but we will get into that later. Never heard of it. Um <laughs> So, um, yeah, the, the master take was an edit of tracks uh, of take 11 and 20. So there we are again. Like, Brian is definitely editing tracks together, editing takes. Um, the Monsters is becoming a reality. It's alive now. Brian is learning how to craft songs in the studio in ways that were never thought of before. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, all these styles intertwine really effortlessly, and it's a wild result. I love that this track was on um, the Stack of Tracks album. Really cool to hear, um, I'm sure, back in the day before it was released on the Pet Sounds box. But even without the vocals, this track is super cool. Like I said, great bass playing. Um, kind of leads the track along, especially through that kind of Bach-ish part, moving into the chorus. And then... The chorus kind of evokes, um, like I said, sort of like that carnival-esque vibe. And it also kind of is the same um, chordal pattern as the title track, Pet Sounds, just kind of sped up. Um, and then that, that midsection, the break, is so cool. And I wonder what inspired Brian to do that. It's so different than anything else on the record. On this track, this is the one with all the talking in the background. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that and that is like sure. super rad. I love that. But I mean, I think the thing that always has stood out to me is this is the song on the album that has like the coolest like tension in the music. It's got kind of like a suspenseful break with that bass line, and I don't know. There's nothing else like this track. They went back to Columbia to do vocals again for that eight track machine, so they could use seven tracks of vocals on top of the mono instrumental track. And then um, that was March 23rd and 25th. Kind of um, in reverse of Waiting for the Day, Brian actually gave this one a shot on lead vocal, but ended up giving it to Mike, which was definitely the right call, in my opinion. It starts with just a little glance now Right away you're thinking about romance now You know you ought to but you just can't wait to get to know A brand new love affair is such a beautiful thing If you're not careful, think about the pain it can bring It makes your heart feel sad, it makes you feel so bad It makes your days go wrong, it makes you not seem long You've got to keep in mind, love is here cool to hear brian do it because it's a little different and he kind of has a little more range to it and has some fun with it but man when you hear mike do it it's just nothing better it's great oh yeah his vocal is awesome maybe one of my favorite mike love vocals 
It starts with just a little glance now Right away you're thinking about romance now You know you ought to take it slow Much like the others during this era, you know, it's very confident and precise and the backing vocals are provided by Brian, Bruce, Al, Carl, and Mike. Great, rich vocal sound. Really fantastic arrangement. I love the lyrics on this. Love is here today and gone tomorrow. It's here and gone so fast. As we know, Mike was known for his fleeting relationships, um, so it was fitting for him to sing this one, even though he didn't write it. Keep in mind, love is here Today and it's gone Tomorrow it's here and gone so I love the little twist at the end, too. The, I hate to be a downer, but I'm the guy she left before you found her. That is so good. What a great, great line. Well, you know I hate to be a downer, but I'm the guy she left before you found her. Well, I'm not saying you won't have a good love with her, but I keep on remembering things like they were. It serves as a warning to an ex-girlfriend's new fling, which is a really stark contrast to I'm Waiting for the Day. It kind of sums up how Brian and Mike viewed relationships differently. And Brian said in 1996, Here Today was probably one of the mystery songs on the album. I don't really know what it's about. I liked it, but yet I didn't. I don't really identify with that song like I do with You Still Believe in Me or Caroline No. It was just one of those songs in there. One little song. <laughs> So lyricist Tony Asher said, I wrote more lyrics to hear today than we used. The song has several sections that vary in tempo, and Brian and I struggled to find a lyric that we were both happy with. The song does have a bit of an odd structure. Yeah, it's like eight bars, then seven bars, then five bars. So it's kind of a strange structure for a lyricist to write to. Again, it somehow works and, and feels just right. Um, and then, like Jason said, you can hear some studio noise, some talking during the instrumental break, which is kind of infamous now, but I'm sure kids back in the day were trying to decipher like secret messages from this, you know, like thinking that it was like some sort of Paul is dead thing, but it was really just harmless studio chatter with a photographer that was there. And this was actually left off the stereo remix in 96 because Brian hear Bruce talking, right? Yeah. A little bit mm -hmm. of Bruce. I think, Definitely. I think it's Bruce and the photographer and then maybe Dennis or, or Carl. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, you can hear Brian say, like, from the top or something like that. Do you have that attached to the flash? Do you have rigged up? Yeah, I do. Very good. Top, please. Brian actually had this taken off the stereo remix in 96 because he didn't want it there anymore. It's kind of like George Lucasing the Star Wars trilogy. He was How like, no, dare he? I don't want that on there anymore. <laughs> this is such a good song, man. It's such a fun song, such a great track. Like we were saying, great performances all around. I'm kind of surprised that Brian and Tony like weren't really pumped about it because it's such a great lyric and such a great song. But like I, like I said, I think it was probably rushed. It was probably written near the end and finished kind of in a hurry. But it really is fantastic. Um, big fan of this track. Again, I give it an 8 out of 10. I think it fits in really nicely. I'm going 9 out of 10 because of those vocals and that 
amazing instrumental break too. And and like I said, I think its influence on Sgt. Pepper and the Beatles is really high, especially, you know, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, you can really kind of hear some of those vibes and just overall the sound of some of the stuff on Sgt. Pepper. I can feel like they were like, we want that sound. So, um, one of my favorite Beach Boys tracks ever. Boom. It starts with just a little glance now. Right away you're thinking about romance. Now. You know you wanna take it slower. But you just can't wait to get to know her. A brand new love affair is such a beautiful so good it was released as the b-side to darlin in december of 1967 kind of wild um that's a really rad 45 that i picked up a few years back really cool cover with the sun on it um really neat and um yeah i think we did it we made it all the way through pet sounds we talked about it we discussed all the tracks the funny thing is we're gonna have to wrap it up with um one more episode though unfortunately for those of you who are getting sick of it we got one more pet sounds episode because um 
we got to talk about the timeline. We haven't talked about all the stuff that happened in the first six months. I know months we got to tell the story. Yeah, there's the first six months of, of 1966 that we got to kind of discuss. Looking forward to doing that. I think we are also going to do, before, the, before this year is over, something that a lot of people have been requesting, a lot of people, is uh, part two of our I Can't Believe It's Not the Beach Boys episode. I so, have been one of those requesting that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just I wanted to wait a little while before we did it again because, you know, you just want to make you want to make the people wait for it, man. You you don't want to do it too soon. But well, I got um, some good ideas already. Okay, good. I'm stoked about it. Yeah, so we'll wrap up Pet Sounds next time, and then, um, man, then onward and upward. Thank you guys again for helping us get through two years, and um, really is awesome. Shout out to uh, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And uh, send us an email. With all these shout outs, it sounds like you're doing a Wu-Tang Clan song. I just got to shout. I just, you know, I feel like I don't shout out people enough. You just got to shout out everybody. Shout out to Will C for doing our music. Shout out to, um, shout out to me. Shout out to Jason. Um, (laughs) uh, shout out to uh, we should just do random shout outs at the end of every episode I like that idea okay from now on I'll try and remember that Um, shout out to whoever whoever decided to put out that Beach Boys NASCAR CD (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm coughing laughing (laughs) just trying to shout out to people yeah, so sailonpodcast at gmail.com. You know, you already know what it is. Um, you've been here before. We'll see you guys next time. Sail on, sailors. Later. <laughs> <laughs>